Hello everyone, welcome to the How I Got Here podcast series about successful people and their journeys to where they are today. Today's guest is Laura Schroeder, who is a Luxembourgish film director and her latest movie, Barrage, was part of the Luxembourg Film Festival and has received praise throughout Europe. She joins me today in the studio to tell us a bit more about her journey as a director. Hello, Laura. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here. As a movie director, we thought it was really important that you can explain your industry to the new generation and make them aware that this is still very much an industry that's within reach. Um, and maybe you can explain a bit about how, your journey and how you became a film director. Thank you for inviting me uh, to your show. Um well, I, I think that I, I decided to, to become a filmmaker um, just when I was finishing secondary school here mm -hmm. in, in uh, Luxembourg. Well, so really early. Really early. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I have to say, I don't know now if I wanted to, to become a director at that point. But I, I think I did. I was actually very, um, I was doing photography, developing my own, uh, my own pictures in, in black and white. I was starting to... To write a bit, well, I don't even know if I would call it short stories, but mm -hmm. uh, writing a bit. And then um, I was in like my main fields in, in school were sciences. Okay. Uh, but I kind of felt that I didn't want to that I didn't want to pursue yeah. that direction. So, yeah, when I was uh, when I finished secondary school here, I went straight away to to Paris and started uh, studying uh, cinema at the Sorbonne. And what did your parents think at the time when you told them that you were going to study cinema? Um, my mother has always been very, very supportive uh, okay. from the very beginning on. It was trickier with my, with my father, mm -hmm. um, who who was a who was a lawyer and then afterwards a notary. And um, well, I think he would have liked to to have me, well, follow his steps in and a become way. a lawyer and become a lawyer yeah. or work in that field. But it was very. I mean, I have other um, people in my family. Who've, who've been or who are still lawyers or, you know, working mm -hmm. in the field of law. And, um, well, to me, it was clear from very early, definitely didn't want to go into that, uh, into that direction. So I think he was, um, and he's very supportive now because I think, like, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, now that he's seen your movies and things, he's Yeah, now supportive. that he sees that I'm kind of like... Um, getting where I want to get you know mm -hmm. I wanted to get so um but he was I think he was quite um well I guess he was scared you know that he that I chose a field where he wasn't gonna able to help me mm -hmm. um you know to do anything like um yeah perhaps that's what most parents are afraid of you know when they say that they aren't so keen on you doing something it's more that they're afraid of what they don't know um and they're afraid that they can't be there to guide you they don't know what that industry is like how old were you when you first expressed to him that you weren't going to be a lawyer and you weren't going to study law? I don't know if I if I told him like that, you know. I, I think I've never told him like I'm gonna do this also because I don't wanna do because I don't wanna do that. I don't yeah. wanna do what you did. Um but yeah, I guess he could sense that like, you know, that it wasn't that it wasn't really interesting me, mm -hmm. um, that that domain. So, um I never said I was going to So do they were that. kind of prepared yeah, but for I it, think, yeah. I think it was like right now I remember a conversation actually. Um, um, I think it must have been like around 14 or 15 maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Was there a movie that you'd watched at that time or things that you'd seen that you remember that would have inspired your love for cinematography? Yeah, to me, I mean, I think it was also around when I was 15, 16, you know, that I I, I realized that um, cinema could be something else than just, let's say, like a Saturday night uh, distraction. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I started watching the new wave, the French new wave films, the Italian, uh, you know, films of the mm-hmm. you know, realism. And um, yeah, and I think if there's one director who really blew my mind, it was probably uh, Antonioni at the, mm-hmm. at the time where I was just going to watch those films and, you know, and be completely okay. What What is this? You know, I only understand two thirds of it, but um, just somebody who would, well, in my, in my eyes, you know, just completely follow his instincts, you know, on, on how he was going to construct a story and of what he was going to show of that story and not show and, yeah. What must be interesting about growing up in Luxembourg and watching movies and being inspired by movies is you're always looking out. So you're always looking at other countries for inspiration. Um, there's so f- there, there must have been so few movies at that time that were in Luxembourg that you were probably watching French movies and German movies and things. Did it feel very far out of your reach then because you'd grown up in Luxembourg? Yes, I, I guess so. But now if I if I try to think of me back then, mm. you know, it's um I think I was very bold actually, you know, yeah. and, and not not afraid because yeah, it's like I just thought, okay, you know, let's see let's see what happens, you know, this is what, what I wanna do. Mm-hmm. And um luckily enough with the support of my of my mother, I mean I don't wanna blame it on my father, he was there as well. Yeah. He helped me he <laughs> helped me move my stuff to, to Paris, you know. <laughs> which is really so, important. He was morally there, yeah. <laughs> which is really important. Yeah. So but I just thought, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. It's re- it's really funny because I think that question, like, is it in reach or out of reach? Mm. It's like it didn't even occur, occur okay. to me. Yeah, you know? I think I, that's so good that you never had that feeling that it was far away from you, at least. You know, the unawareness of whether it's in or not in your reach shows that there's something really pure about that. It's like, why wouldn't it be? You know, yeah, that's how exactly. you felt like, why wouldn't that be within my reach? Why wouldn't I be able to achieve that? This is what I want to do. Let's try. Yeah, well, I think I was just thinking, you know, it's like, it's maybe like kids who are not afraid of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're not afraid because they don't know what the what the danger is. So I think in a way I was also very naive because I didn't know all the obstacles that would that would come, you mm-hmm. know, along my along my way. It was just this. I mean, I'm not saying naive in the sense that I wanted to achieve something and didn't really know what it was, you know. But in 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 the way that you. You don't know actually how tough it's gonna it's yeah. gonna be, and it's good that you don't know it, you know, because otherwise you would not even a good way, yeah, yeah, you would just stop straight yeah. away, you know, and is that? But I, I think I've always, in every domain actually in my life, I've always, um, I've always liked challenges, mm-hmm. you know, and um, even even now when I shoot a movie, uh, uh, I think everything that means challenges is is attracting me, <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. So what happened? You went to Paris to study and can you explain what that was like going to Paris for the first time to study cinematography? Were you like, oh, I'm finally here? 
Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I, I it's not like I hadn't traveled before, you yeah. know, before going there, but uh, it was just getting out of Luxembourg, you know, something that I that I also had been waiting for 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 a time. And I, I remember I got to Paris and I there there were also there were other Luxembourgish students, but in the beginning I kind of tried to to avoid them because I, I really liked you know, I really like the idea, okay, it's me now here in Paris, like this, um, like being anonymous, you know, yeah. in, in such a, so it was, it was, it was amazing, you know, being, being away for, for longer, for the first time, uh, just like discovering, discovering the whole art scene um, in Paris, you know, I, I, I just remember going to, which is amazing because you can, in Paris, you can just go to the movies at, at whatever time in the day, mm -hmm. you know, and uh I don't, rem I don't remember if I skipped classes or if we didn't have classes so much, you know, but just uh, going to the movies at 10 in the morning and, um, yeah, going to, I mean, like everything, it was, it was really like a, um, uh, finally being able to, to do what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. you know. And then what happened after that? What what came next? What was after Paris? Well, after Paris, so I studied there for four years, mm -hmm. um, and then because it was still like the you know it's uh, it's the university, so um, so it's like the um, the classes were like half practical, half theoretical, you know, but more in a let's say an arts mm -hmm. philosophy you know then then like really movie making you know yeah. like a proper like a proper film school so the classes that we had they were very um um wide ranged if you can yeah. if i can say that um which i found very very interesting because it went from um, you know, history of art to sociology mm -hmm. to to experimental filmmaking. You know, so to, many aspects. Yeah, of very art, different, yeah. very different aspects. And I think, um, you know, for me especially since I, I I was in a science section before and not coming like from a, you know, all my arts knowledge came from what I had taught myself. So it was really interesting to to dig in deeper in all those different um, fields. So after that, I thought like, okay, what am I? You know, I'd done like my own, let's say, self-produced little short movies, you know, and I thought, what am I going to, what am I like practically going to gonna do with this? So yeah. I was working with, um, at the time also with Jean-Claude Schlimm, who at the time uh, did House of Boys. Mm -hmm. So I was assisting him for, for a year, also going, you know, going between Paris forth, forth and back and um but I felt I felt like um, I wasn't done really, you know, with my um, training. Yeah. In a way, I mean, I had already started working as a third ID um, with like directors on productions shot here in Luxembourg. So that was like Peter Greenaway or Luxembourgish films, you know, that was was important as well. But I felt like I wasn't done. So then I decided to apply to uh, the NFTS, the National Film and Television School in London, mm -hmm. and they actually had a new course starting at the time just like a one-year um director's course and um so they they took me and that was actually really nice because it was just a one year mm -hmm. you know i stayed for i stayed for two years overall in london but it was more uh, well it was very experimental because it was the first time that they launched this this course you know so right. teachers were also still figuring out how we're going to do this and we were only 12 students so it was more the 12 of us you know, who giving kind feedback of say, yeah, and saying what you want to learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, it still felt like a good course to do before 
thing, saying like, okay, this was it. I'm done with yeah. school and now, you know, I'm, I'm going to... It gave you, know. you the confidence, right, to take on the next challenge. Yeah, I guess so. You could you could say that, you know. And um, well, and then after that, I, I came back to Luxembourg and that's when I met... Uh, Paul Kruchten, the producer of uh, Red Line, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and then he he wanted to produce, like properly produce. You know, that was my first properly produced film. Yeah, um, the short film here. So that was in two thousand seven. When you first came back to Luxembourg, did you see Luxembourg differently, having left before, or had Luxembourg changed since you left? No, it had changed. Um, there was the was it was it two thousand five or was it no? It was two thousand seven actually. You know that we had the that it was the cultural capital of culture mm, yeah. at the time, and that was really. I mean, I felt like it had changed. You know, in um, you had saw the cultural institutions just like growing, like yeah. you know, like trees. Um, it was it w- had become, in my opinion, much more international yeah. as well. You know, there was there was much more happening. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know if you you know you're a different person. Also, if you're 18 than if you're uh, 27. The or things something. you're interested in are exactly. different. Suddenly, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure when you're 18 you're that interested in the culture, um, and maybe when you come back and you're older you appreciate it much more. But it's true that. Um, a lot of people that I've spoken to have said that Luxembourg saw a big change when it became the capital of culture. Exactly, and yeah. A lot of money was put into investing into a lot of cultural programs as well to bring international programs here as well. That was cool. And the thing about change in Luxembourg, the other thing is you notice it so much more, I think, because I've, I've only been here a year. Okay. And all the things that I see from this year and last year have already been huge, like all the restaurants that suddenly start popping up. So it must have been exciting for you to come back, especially with your new skill set and to start this project with the producer. It must have been a really big deal for you at the time. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, it's uh, it was it was also rewarding, you know. After, um, as I said, you know, I, I did a lot of um, yeah, much more experimental, self-produced shorts, you mm. know, like in whether it be in 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 Paris or in London. Well, in London, we had um, we did a graduation film, mm. which was a bit funny, though I have to say, because we had three terms. And they wanted us to shoot one part each term. I mean, didn't didn't really make sense. You know, you yeah. start shooting in winter and then you keep on writing the story and you shoot the rest of it in summer. Well, anyways, so, um, yes, it was it was, uh, you know, it was a very important step because uh, it was funded by the the Luxembourgish Film Fund. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, all of a sudden you have a you have a real budget. You work with real I mean real people in the sense you know trained technicians and not only friends anymore and Mm -hmm. um, yeah all of a sudden there's a responsibility also you know what are you going to do with that money Um, what is going to be the the result but um, yes it was I mean then afterwards I think I, I also you know coming back to Luxembourg I I missed Paris, I missed London, I missed yeah. it. But it's, um, yeah, it was a different, it was, let's say, the next the next phase in my, in my life, you know, coming back. When you worked on this project for the first time, did you feel ready for it? Did you feel that you had enough experience and that you'd learned enough? Or was it very much like, this is my first thing, I'm going to trial and error everything? 
Well, I think I, I felt ready and I was working with people, you know, whether it be Paul, the producer, or other people in my crew that I'd met before because of the, you know, the work I did on other, like the assisting, you know, on, on other films. So I felt quite, I also chose them because I wanted to be surrounded by people who had a little bit more experience than I did, you mm -hmm. know. Um, But um, I think I was I was a bit scared in the sense that um, um, you know like now my like barrage mm -hmm. um, the feature um, I feel like I was much more free yeah you know um, because of the experience I think that back then. Mm. It's like almost 10 years, actually. Mm -hmm. Because of this, all of a sudden, okay, you have money, you have a real crew, you know, people are gonna, people are paying attention to it in a way, you know, already to it just because it got funding. Mm. Um, it's a different pressure. You don't want to mess it up in a way. And I felt that pressure, I felt it much stronger, weirdly enough, doing a short back then. Than now. When I had actually nothing to lose. Yeah than now you know so um i don't know why that's interesting but yeah. it's um but maybe because i realized also that it's important to take risks mm. it's important to just um yeah you know if, if you think that a movie needs to be done that way that you just go for it you know and not think i think it's very dangerous if you think like uh, okay like when you're doing it like are people actually going to like it you know what mm -hmm. are they going to think i think you shouldn't You shouldn't, of course, you, you have to think about your audience, you know. You keep like, them in mind, but you have to yeah, keep your artistic judgment. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Let's talk about Barrage then. So this is a movie that was screened at the Luxembourg Film Festival and it will be coming out for the public um, later on this year, is that right? Exactly, so we don't have a, a, a date yet. Yeah. Um, well, actually, well, it's um, it's supposed to be released in in spring. Okay, so so we'll uh, expect it yes. um, in a couple of weeks. So, do you want to explain the movie a little bit for those who haven't seen it yet? Maybe after they listen, they'll want to go and see it. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so th it's a story about uh, a thirty something uh, in the early thirties um, woman whose name is uh, Catherine. After 10 years abroad, she comes back to Luxembourg to get closer to her daughter again, who's mm -hmm. named uh, Alba. And Alba, um, we learn that they haven't, they haven't lived together because Alba was raised by Catherine's own mother, Elizabeth. And so um, actually she comes back and things don't really turn out the way Catherine wants them to, to turn out. Mm -hmm. uh, so she takes her on a spontaneous trip to a lake up north in the north of Luxembourg and that's where things really unfold so yeah we'll leave them on a cliffhanger then so what inspired this movie so I started working on this on this uh, script some time ago actually mm -hmm. and what I really wanted is to to write a story about about a young woman yeah who who wants to achieve something you know like yeah. really really badly or who tries to make up for something that she that she didn't do well like in the past and who uh who fails but not or who fails like maybe not in every way yeah. but in a way still you know and that this 
this this failure doesn't come from exterior circumstances, let's say, but that she has to realize that it's that it's herself who mm-hmm. has to, who's maybe not ready yet, who has to overcome certain things, you know, before before achieving what she what she wanted to achieve. I think I found it so interesting when I watched it because there was so much going on inside the minds of the three main characters. So you've got the daughter, the mother and the grandmother. And even though there's a lot of shots of them being outside, they're traveling a lot, they're in a car, they're in a park, they're by the lake. There's lots of movement and they're outdoors and there's lots of physicality as well. You know, when they get on the chair and they do the ballet and things. But I feel like the whole movie actually happened inside the minds. And somehow you managed to show us what was going on inside just by showing us what was happening around them and how they Mm. were behaving. Um, And I thought it was very much like a psychological kind of analysis, um, even though it was shot of them being outdoors and things. Did you choose to base it in Luxembourg because that's how the script was written? Or is there a particular reason why you chose Luxembourg? Um, well, I think there there are many reasons there that um, the first of all, when I started uh, working on this project, which was even before I shot my last film, like the you know I did this film for children called Schatzritter mm-hmm. that was released uh, five years ago. And back then, um, I always had in mind also because I, I spend more time in France, I always had in in mind that they would actually go to the sea in Brittany. Until one point where I just thought, like, but why, <laughs> you know, yeah. why should they? Why should they go so far? Why should they actually leave Luxembourg? And um, the whole region of the north, well, around the lake, mm-hmm. um, I knew it, but not so well. But then I, I, I went there more often, and uh, it just struck me, you know, that mm-hmm. it that it had to be there because I was looking for this weeklo. Um, uh, feeling, you know, of mm-hmm. them, mother and daughter, being isolated in this landscape, it just felt it just felt right, you know. And also the idea to have them go to a to a family chalet, you know, uh, where they might have been before. Mm-hmm. And I really like this this landscape because it is so, like, depending on the light, it can be so so changing, you know. It can be really oppressive, yeah. You know, if it's if it's um, like a grim grim day or you know and then if 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 it's sunny if it's opens up you know it you, you can almost imagine that you're somewhere at the mediterranean or yeah and i i like this you know also in the story how you could play or how i could play mm-hmm. with those different moods uh related to the story yeah there's a particular um scene which i took a picture of on my phone because i really liked it and to people who are listening you should look out for this in the movie it's the part where the alba little the little girl is on the lake and she's rowing yeah do you you know the one i mean and it looks like she's rowing and it's just a normal scene until you realize that what you're looking at is a reflection and actually it's shot upside down Um, yeah i thought that was so clever and i wanted to know what inspired you to reverse that well, it was actually um, like this this particular shot that you're talking about in the script already, you know, I had this idea of, um, you know, of reversing the image that you would see her upside down. It's not something that we that we did in post-production, let's okay. say, you know, it was really because 
I mean, if I talk about it, it sounds already, you know, I think it's really something that you need to, that you need to experience yeah. because my idea was, was because she's taken these pills, yeah. you know, and then we, we kind of, we go back to, to Elizabeth, you know, who's calling the, who's calling the cops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go back to Alba and we kind of like go with her in this journey. You have the music, you know, and it was an idea to, because she's taken the pills, you know, and something, something is happening with her, but something is happening at that moment with all the characters. How can you show this? You mm-hmm. wasn't, I mean, I'm not saying it was supposed to be very, like a symbolic, like saying, okay, you know, I flipped the image. So yeah. you have to think like, okay, she's drugged and she's, you know, but just like feeling like I wanted to give like something like a sensation of something that is happening mm-hmm. with Alba, but also with the other characters at mm-hmm. that at that moment. That shows, doesn't it? Because the reflection that you look at, I think I've started to realize it was a reflection because the lines became a bit blurry mm. and it wasn't such a defined image anymore. And that's perhaps what's going on in all their minds, actually. Everything is becoming quite blurry and unclear. Yeah, and it's like, a, um, I, I don't know what's, what would be the right word in, in, in English for that, you know, but in French I would say une errance, mm-hmm. you know, they just let themselves, like, go. Something is, mm-hmm. you know, they've been, I think all these characters um, have been, like, withholding something. They are not characters who just, like, who scream or you know they they're all very withdrawn with their yeah. with their feelings and i feel like this moment something is happening and and something is starting to unleash yeah but i think i also what you what you said before um i thought it was really interesting like about how you say that you well i'm i'm happy to hear that you know that you you said that there was these characters thinking you know that you perceived a lot about them I think while well, you use the word psychological, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't like it so much because it makes me, it makes me think then of um, maybe films where there's a lot of talking, everything has to be, has to be discussed, you know. Mm-hmm. But because, I mean, I get what you mean, but mm-hmm. I think I wanted to do exactly the opposite, you know, mm-hmm. um, not give explanations, but as you say, and that's why it makes me happy, you know, that you can actually just look at them, and because of what they do. Or the way you can they imagine look, what's happening, yeah. yeah, you know, and how they look at each other. You know that they're they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that you see them think, and that you can follow the story in that way rather than yeah. I always try to to have as less um, explanations as as possible. Mm-hmm. Just giving just giving as many informations as as needed, mm-hmm. and then just uh, trust trust the image, trust it's the true. actors. It's true. There's trust definitely. The, there's definitely a lot of scenes where there's not much speaking, but there's still so much happening and you're still gripped even though there's no words coming out. I obviously watched the movie with, with English subtitles. What I'm interested to know is that in Luxembourg, you obviously have to work with so many languages. Firstly, what's your preferred language to work in for a movie? Well, I don't know. I've done the experience so far with, with French and, yeah. and uh, Luxembourgish and German in a way because mm-hmm. uh, the the children's film, Schatzritter, we shot, we had German and Luxembourgish actors. We had them, the Luxembourgish actors talking in Luxembourgish and the German in German and then afterwards we did a... We did one dubbed version entirely in Luxembourgish and one okay. in German, so that was quite a particular um, situation. I don't know. I've, I've um, the short films as well and Barrage are in French. Maybe you know the next film is not at all going to be in French. It yeah. might be in German or it might actually be in English. Yeah. So um, I don't think I have a preference. Um, 
I, I have to say that because I because I started studying in France, you know, and spent so much time in France, it came to me very naturally to write in French mm-hmm. rather than to write in my in my own language. But then it's also like, for instance, for Barrage, I felt that, yeah, I just felt that it had to be in French, you know, and also I, I was already drawn to the idea that it could be French actresses playing the parts. So that, of course, makes it, if you want to work with French people, it's better you write in French if you want to work yeah. with American people or so. I only ask that because I, I'm so I've learned French before and I'm currently learning Luxembourgish and I'm just so fascinated by the simplicity of Luxembourgish as a language. To give you a really brief example, I asked my Luxembourgish teacher what the word is for navy, so like the color of my jumper, and she said it's blue. And I said, but what's the what's the color of the sky? Blue. So I said, um, but then the sea. And she said, blue. And I said, how can there just be one word for all these variations? And for me, French is the complete opposite. It's so expressive. There are so many words. There were so many French words that I learned where there was not an English word for because the French, they have, it's beautiful. It, there's words to explain between the words I think that's the only way I can explain it so I imagine that a movie in Luxembourgish and a movie in French must be quite different because you're not expressing quite this in detail it is yes I mean that that's also like my um you know but I think it's a generational thing Mm. as well I have the impression that my generation already and then those that come after you know I grew up with already with a mix of like my Luxembourgish was there was already a lot of uh, German French and English words in it yeah because of this lack of vocabulary I would say you know but then if I think maybe like older generations they might still have those words I mean maybe not like I think what you're saying with blue (laughs) you know is quite characteristic but but there might be other words I mean I'm sure there's other words where people still have Luxembourgish words for it you know yeah that's it's not like it like I didn't learn them but they maybe didn't stuck you know yeah it sounded too too formal Mm -hmm. to 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 use them and you being Luxembourgish, you have the advantage of the command of all these languages from a very fluent level. Do you think that anything is lost through people watching with subtitles? Do you do you worry that anything is lost from, for example, me watching it with English you subtitles? You mean specifically now for Barrage? Yeah. Um, no, no. Um, I, I also like I, I put a special care, you know, to mm-hmm. the to the subtitles. Um, they were translated, but then I, I went over and over them again, also with English people, because it really. I mean, I didn't want anything to to be lost, yeah. and because I think my French is still better than my English, but. Still, you know, since I understand both languages, it's easier to also say like, okay, this doesn't, this doesn't. It's not just quite sound right. right, yeah. You know? One example is like, when when does she say mom? When does she say mother? Because in French, you in French you have the same word. Mm. In English, it might still make a difference. Or oh, just, absolutely. Because yeah. it's so it's so specific. Also, like you know, the girl she's twelve. You know, so she speaks like um, some of the translations. They were a bit too formal. So uh, just of giving like, okay, she's talking like a 12-year-old, you know, yeah. and she doesn't talk the same way than her mother or the grandmother. So, but no, I think, I think it's, uh, I'm very happy now with the, with the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the actors. Albert, is she 12 in real life? 
She just turned 13 now. Okay. Yes. So I thought she was fantastic, like a really, really good actor. What was the casting process like? How did you choose? Uh, we started the casting off in, for that part, we started off in Luxembourg. And I must have seen 300 girls, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Some of them were really, really, really interesting. Well, the, the thing was also that we were looking for French speaking, you know, so mm-hmm. that made it a bit trickier. And at that point, I already knew that Lolita Shama was going to play the, the main part. So it was, of course, also trying to, you know, to somehow um, maybe not like they didn't have to resemble each other like mm-hmm. mother and daughter. But still, even though they did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, they did, ended up they looking did, really similar. But what was it in particular that you were looking for in this little girl? Well, on one hand, like this, um, um, you know, seriousness yeah. um, that this child has. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, something very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably what I what I didn't find until meeting uh, Timis Powells. Mm-hmm. You know, she also had to be 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 good in sports, you know, be I mean, so that was that was also one characteristic. And, and I think, um, you know, the girls, they were they were it was it never felt like the right balance. Plus, of course, the acting skills. So when I met uh, Timis, that was actually then. Once we said, okay, we, we kind of abandoned the idea of finding somebody in Luxembourg and we also had the Belgian co-producer, which opened up a possibility to mm-hmm. also find find the girl somewhere else. Um, and I was working with a, with a casting director in Brussels called Michael Bier, who had already worked with Timis before uh, because she played uh, small parts in French films and Belgian films and... Um, and he told me, like, look at this, look at this girl, you know, she's really, I think she, she hasn't had, like, mm. the part that she actually deserves yeah. so far. Yeah, she was, she was, she was very striking, like, from the first time that I, that I met her, you know. Like, what do you get them to do when you first meet them? Well, the first time we, we more did like an improvisation, you know, mm-hmm. so that I, I don't remember what scene exactly it was without giving her the script of just like describing a scene to her, you know, and then she was just playing this out with the casting director. And what we did afterwards, because I still I still wasn't like 100 percent sure that she could carry, you know, this this part really on her on her shoulders as well. It's a huge part. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So we, we had Lolita come to to Brussels, you know, and uh, so then I gave her some scenes of the script, which were um, the scene um, where where she gets the gifts you know, in the chalet, and she, oh, they, yeah. she says, like, um, you know, we have so many Christmases to, to make up for, for yeah. um, which turns then into a, a very different scene, you know, mm-hmm. where Catherine kind of loses it. So those, you know, those were very, they are core scenes for me in the film. So those are the scenes that I that I did a lot, you know, in the, in the casting process. We also did a scene uh, a bit later, where they talk about their resemblances in the mirror know. and yeah. They, yeah yeah i like that scene so much yeah. because you start to realize that they do look so similar and even though the fringe is obviously something you can cut you know and she tries to say well we have the same hair as well you know i th- yeah. really liked that how did you choose the other actors then so you said you already knew that you wanted lolita yeah and then about what about the grandmother um well uh lolita i I saw her play in Paris mm-hmm. in a play um, where she played. Uh, it was a 
it was um, The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant mm-hmm. by, uh, played by Fassbinder and uh, she played the mute servant mm-hmm. which was very interesting if you see you know an actor for the first time yeah. and they're playing the mute part mm-hmm. but I loved it I mean you know because I was also I have to say I was also looking in that character of Katrina was kind of like the same as Alba you know Timisa was looking for the same like uh, something something vulnerable and still mm-hmm. even childish because the character of Katrine still has this you know yeah sometimes you don't know is she the mother is she the child what you know whether what is the um, and also this this seriousness so um, I found that in that part that she was playing in the theater and then she read the script and yeah. uh, it went all really fast so that I knew really early and I also wanted to know who would play the main part before mm-hmm. looking for the two other actresses and then so knowing that I had uh, Lolita Shama as the main uh, as the main part thinking about who could play her mother so Isabelle Huppert is playing her mother mm-hmm. Isabelle is an actress that I've um, well that I've always admired you know and um Yes, I thought how how would it be, you know, to have um, to have them both play um, mother and daughter in the film when they are also mother and daughter in in real life. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't know? No, I didn't yes, know. No, okay. they are, they are. Yes. So uh, oh, and they've, wow. Yeah. So they've played. Um, they played in 2010. They did a film called Copacabana. Yeah. Where um, the two of them already are mother and daughter, mm-hmm. but it's um, Isabel is is clearly playing the main part, you know, and. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and what is really interesting, I read that again in an article a few days ago, is that in that movie, uh, Isabelle Huppert is playing like kind of the mother who's like this free bird and uh, Lolita Chama is playing her daughter who kind of tries to, you know, mm-hmm. who would like her mother to be more straight and just like, you know, so it's it's funny how like this... I mean, it's the other way around in it's a way. It's reversed, yeah. Yeah, it's reversed. No, so that was that was great, you know, to have them to have them both in that constellation. And as for yourself, what's the process like for you? So you are the ones you are the one with the idea and you see the whole thing in your head. How do you then make sure that your idea is being clearly communicated to the people that have to play the parts, but also the other people that have to shoot it? How do you make sure that it's consistently the way you imagine the whole thing? I believe that that there's so much that you do by casting people, uh, like whether it be actors mm-hmm. or crew members. I work a lot with instinct, actually. I, I If I meet somebody new mm. that I could work with, I normally... I don't know, after half an hour talking to them. You already know. I, I already know, you mm-hmm. know, whether it can work or not, whether mm-hmm. whether we kind of have the same sensibility or not, you know, mm-hmm. and it worked that way with, with Lolita or with with Isabelle Temis um, and also with, for instance, uh, Hélène Louvard, mm-hmm. um, who's the French DOP, director of photography that I did this film with. Um, I hadn't met her before. I had only seen films, you know, and I really liked her work. Mm-hmm. So we met up in Paris also quite early, like a year prior to, to the shoot. And I also kind of straight away knew, you know, that, that we could work together. And then there's other people on the crew, like my first assistant, Alex Brown, or Christina Schaffer, the production designer, who are people that I had already worked with, you know. So then, of course, it's it's easier because you already they already know you, you know. Mm-hmm. They also know how you're working. And then I think it's just a lot of uh, trust 
involved, actually. I'm never... Well, of course, you know, you give directions, again, whether it be actors or, or crew members, but we had a lot of preparation talks as well, you know, so you kind of already, I think, preparation working, especially, like, before shooting a film mm. is like half of the work already, you know. Because to make it, sure you're all on the same page, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. and then afterwards it makes you save so much time on the shoot because, you know, if there's one thing that you don't really have on a, on a set is time. Mm. But it was all already, it had all been mainly, sometimes there were surprises, but it had all been discussed before. That's the trust element, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's been discussed before you trust their judgment. Exactly, yeah. How long did the whole movie take to make? Full time, I would say, like really full time, like a bit less than a year. Mm -hmm. okay. But I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, the whole writing process yeah. or the Just the filming, the right? Yeah. Well, the filming, the post-production, yeah. you know, people... Post-production is, is like the post-production took six months, which is, well, which is still short, I think. But if you think that you, we were short shooting for 40 days, so much more stuff that, that comes afterwards. But yeah. What's your favorite part of your job? The favorite thing that you, have, that you get to do? I think it is actually like in the, you know, in, at the very beginning, which is also the scary part, you know, the challenging part when you're, when you're developing a new story, how ideas just come into your head, you mm -hmm. know, when, whether you keep them or you let them go or, you know, it's very, it's, um, I don't know if it's my favorite part, but I really like it, you know, but it's, uh, it's a very lonely the very lonely part of the job well everything is lonely in a way you know because even if you if you're working with a lot of people um i love to work with with all those people but still you're you always you're the one who has to make sure that you get what you want and even though there's people helping you you're really like you know it, it all depends on you you know they're just there i mean it sounds weird to say it. they're just there i mean it's an enormous help they're mm -hmm. just there to help you yeah, but I like to. I mean, that's what I'm, you know, that's like the stage I'm going to be in now again for for a long time. Yeah. You know, it's like to to uh, finish writing the the next film I want to shoot. So it's a scary part, you know, because yeah. um, what if you don't come up with the right idea? What if you don't manage to, you know, to write it the way you want it? So you can, like, for instance, for this this new project that I'm developing, you know, it's I have this notebook and because I was really busy like with barrage, you know, mm. I don't happen to to write something in it so often. So sometimes there's like months before I, before I write in something something new. Yeah. So and then sometimes I think, oh, that's exactly you know. And then I realized that I already wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> six months yeah. before, you know. So I mean, this is you know very like in the general. I'm not talking about like a line of dialogue yeah. or something, you know. But I think the more and more I think that actually. Um, if there's something, you know, a good idea, mm. it will come back to you. Maybe I also just tell that to myself because you don't always, you cannot always, you know, write it down straight away. Yeah. But I think good ideas, they, you know... If it will come back around. Yeah, yeah, if they're meant to, if it's meant to be that way, you know, it's just going to come, come back to you. That's an interesting way you know? to look at it, yeah. But then I also think sometimes, I realize that sometimes my, you know, the way your brain works is, is more... Um, how can I say, sometimes you're more in the situation to get something very clear, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes it might be m much blurrier. So I think you should miss those moments where your mind is really, really clear. Mm, makes sense. What's the least favorite part of your job? 
I guess when I have to go on the recce and it's raining outside <laughs> and, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, the, you know, it's like the, sometimes it's very it's demanding. Well, most of the time it's very demanding physically also, you know, you tend to you tend to forget that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, you you get up, you get up really early, like for the shoot. You have like we had that we didn't have like we were shooting a year ago. There was a lot of rain. It was very cold. We had snow on days where we weren't expecting it at all, you know, and it's just um, dragging your body through all that. It's not always uh, it's not always the the fun mm -hmm. part. I'm not saying I love to shoot in studios. No, I don't like to shoot in studios. But it's just this, like, going every day. It's physically you know? demanding. It's, it's physically yeah. demanding, you know, so... Do you take a big break at the end of it? Do you kind of have a few days to just completely relax? Yeah, a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. No, you need a few days. And uh, what I do mean, you do to unwind? Um, I had a... Well, I went, I went to... Uh, in okay. the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Nice. <laughs> on the Canary Islands, yeah. No, it's good. I think, um, you know, sleep is very important. Yeah. It's not It's <laughs> not overrated after such a, after such a long um, uh, experience. But, yeah. um, when you finished, is it quite cathartic? Do you feel quite relieved that it's done? Yeah, yeah. I felt very relieved, you know, when you're yeah. in the middle of it. You think like, uh, oh, my God, what is, what is going to happen if it's going to be done? Am I going to fall into you know like a hole because it's all over yeah. and um well of course I missed it you know I missed yeah. the people that I was working with because it's all like a family and you see them every day you know for months you see and them it must really be a nice day. atmosphere it is being yeah together every it day, is yeah. but then I just felt like you know of not having to get up and just uh, being home also you yeah. know because we were shooting um since we were shooting so much in the north we spent, uh, well, I spent, you know, four four weeks also, mm -hmm. you know, in an hotel up in the north. And um, so it's just of like, okay, you know. That's mentally and emotionally tiring as well, isn't it? Not just physically, but it just is. being it displaced is. from your home. At least with all of us, we have work and then we go home and we're back yeah. in our comfort, you know. But it's nice. I have to say I also like it, you know. I also like when I work uh, away from home because mm -hmm. it it allows you to be much more in a bubble and focused. You know, right? you don't you don't have to take your mail, you don't have to you know get groceries because so it make really makes you able to focus on the work. Mm -hmm. But then of course at one point it just you you know you just wanna. You can only do it for certain periods of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what would you tell your eighteen year old self? Well, I would. I mean, you know, I I would say because we've already been talking about yeah. it a bit you know of like yeah. the choices that you make and and how um how important those choices can actually be so so i would say like um well done because i'm if i think about it i'm surprised like again how clear had it mm -hmm. i was you know still being naive probably or but um yeah, that I just had this 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 courage of of say, okay, that's what I want to do. Um, whatever your father says or whatever you, you know, whatever anybody says. Um, I mean, I'm happy. Like I, I, you know, I think that that I've always or most of the time, you know, just if I if I wanted to do something, I I try to to, to believe, mm -hmm. you know, in my instinctive feelings. I just go for it. I think that's also in a way like what what my films are about you know yeah. <laughs> it's always like here in barrage it's also this this character who kind of has this idea and who wants to go for it and 
even if it doesn't work out the way she wants to, you know, she still has to go for it. So, so um, that's maybe what my 18-year-old self thought back at the time, just go for it. And what would you choose as the soundtrack to your life, if you can choose one? One track? Yeah, can you do that? Wow. Um, well, yes, then I don't know where this comes from now, but um, do you have uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra? Yeah. Extreme Wells and Casual Cruelty? Yeah, I will play that for everyone after this interview. Okay, nice. And why is the reason you chose this one? It's a, it's a band that, I, um, that brings me back to the Canary Islands, actually. Okay. Um, and I have some ideas. Oh, my God, my producer's going to kill me. He's again going to say, like, you talk m more about it in interviews than to, you talk to it about to me. It probably but comes <laughs> to you in these discussions more, yeah, right? Yeah, it does. It does. And no, so what I, what I can say is that um, uh, my next project is going to be about memory and about longing. Mm -hmm. And um, so this song has something of this, uh, I mean, in the lyrics and... Yeah, that I really like and that this song really inspires me also. So, Okay, we'll listen out for it. Thank you so much for coming in. And uh, I hope everyone will go out and see Barrage because it's a fantastic movie. And is there anything else that you want people to look out for from you? Um, no, I need to write the next one. But so far, yes, you can go and see Barrage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank you thank very much. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.